after Alfre Woodard meets up with Kathy Bates on their Golden Girls adventure, she then travels to Montana to meet the new love of her life and escape those trifling kids. Okay, so we got the, the sequel to A Family That Prays. I'm with that. What we watched this week, Sid, and who did we watch it with? This week, we have a very special episode for y'all. We have two of our new favorite podcasters from the Pilot Podcast, BJ and Me Too, here to join us as we review Juanita, 2019 Netflix original, starring the amazing and talented Alfre Woodard, Blair Underwood, Adam Beach, and Ashley Atkinson. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all. I'm Sid. And this is The New Chitlin Circuit. We review indie, low-budget, and direct-to-TV black films. So let's get into it. So this week's 60-second challenge is uh, brought to you, the listener, by the listener. And we have two very special guests on the show, Me Too and BJ from the Pilot Podcast. Very excited to have you all. And Me Too is going to take a stab at our 60-second challenge this week while we review Juanita, the Netflix original. Are you ready? Well, before you start the time, I want to make crystal clear (laughs) (laughs) that PJ tossed me under the bus before we started recording. You all asked very gently which one of you would like to do this. Mm -hmm. And BJ, Mm -hmm. you could see him almost shouting, coming out of his body to say my name. I voted for someone who will succeed. Did you? Okay, sounds good. So I just want to make that clear before we start. I have a shell of notes in front of me, but I will try my best. All right. Mm-hmm. And with the, the notes that you have, I, I'm expecting great <laughs> things in 60 seconds. <laughs> Please mitigate your expectations. Okay. All righty. Here we go. I'm starting the clock now. Alfre Woodard plays Juanita, a tired single mother <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio, whose family and community are taking advantage of her generosity. She decides she's fed up with, in her words, her hoe daughter and her two mm-hmm. sons who are caught up in the penal system. So she decides to travel west to Butte or Butt, Montana, as a stop on her way to see the ocean in California. In Montana, she becomes a short order chef and falls in love or deep like with Jess, played by Adam Beach. Now she has to decide if she will stay in Montana with Jess and his French cafe or make her way to California. That was amazing. You had all it, 25 <laughs> seconds left. I mean, wow. That was perfect. So congrats. I knew you could do it. <laughs> Stop being fake. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Well, um, right, so well shit. So, now so next you, week when I have to do it again. <laughs> I'm going to be quite uh, nervous. I can't top that. (laughs) Mm. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah? Yes. 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 Thanks. I'm going to ask the editor to cut that out. Um, I can't hear you, Alexis. That's so crazy. All right. Is it... Is it okay if we can... Like, could we abandon the video? I think it's it's making uh, this more difficult for us. Yeah, yeah that works. I wish I had yeah. a headshot like yours, but you know, okay. Shout out to my friend's iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about how about now? You guys sound smoother to me. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, you sound great to me. Yeah, everything sounds great. Thank you. Well, shit. All right, <laughs> here we go. Um, cool. 
Well, yeah, me too. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, we're just going to pick it right, but like no one will even know. <laughs> I'm going to feel so nervous next week when I have to do it again, because that was succinct as heck. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's open up some discussion. How about we all go around and I, I want to hear what you guys thought, just general thoughts on this movie, Juanita. You know, you want to start us off, BJ? So I'd say my initial impression of Juanita is this is not a movie I would immediately click on when scrolling through Netflix, (laughs) (laughs) but I was pleasantly surprised. She's really relatable and, you know, she does something that I kind of wish I had the guts to do is just drop everything and go across the country on an adventure and see what happens. And I think you Mm -hmm. really need a strong will and a strong personality to take that kind of risk. Uh, and I don't really quite have that. So it was fun to experience that through Juanita. And I really like how she found a new family, a new community for herself. But at the same time, she's not going to tie herself down. She knows that there's still opportunities out there, new things to find. And in a way that's like inspirational, you know, If you don't know where you're meant to be in life, if you don't know what you want out of life, explore the world. And even when you find something that seems like it can work, don't let that stop you from answering those other questions you had about what's out in the world. So overall, I'm actually really happy you invited us to review this because (laughs) it got me to watch the movie. Yeah, that would be a great commercial for Greyhound. (laughs) <laughs> I had very high expectations for Juanita. This is my second time watching, but I didn't get through the first time. It was a few glasses of wine in. It was a late night, mm-hmm. and I fell asleep. So I'm just gonna keep it <laughs> real. Uh, but <laughs> you know, so I, you know, so a movie starring Alfre Woodard. I uh, I expect a lot from her. She's an amazing actress, a great talent. Um, while I did feel that the movie fell short in a few areas, uh, a few areas which we can get into later, I think overall I really did like the kind of waiting to exhale slash eat, pray, love vibes that it gave. Uh, similar to BJ, I probably would never just pack up everything and leave my life behind just to go across the country. I just don't have that kind of courage. Um, and then from there to Butte, Montana. And I don't even know what the black population is in Butte, Montana. I'm not going nowhere where I'm not at least 12%. You know what I'm saying? So um, a few things there. But, you know, overall, I enjoyed the movie. It was uh, Alfred Wood is very, very funny in this. She flexed that a lot uh, for me. So I'm excited to get into some more scenes later on in the episode. <laughs> not the 12% rule. <laughs> Look, I need to see me when I get out places. I got time to be the only one now. How'd you feel about it, Me Too? I liked it. I, unlike BJ, this is actually exactly the kind of movie I love. I love a movie about a middle-aged woman who is tired of her kids and she decides to do something drastic, be it taking up with a younger man or anyone or going across the country, whatever it is. I love that genre of books and movies and often those star middle-aged white women. Um, Mm -hmm. But that tends to be the stuff I like to read and watch. For this movie, I agree with you, Sydney, that there were some issues. I thought that it was a little uneven in its storytelling, but I thought given the script, which in my opinion was a little weak, 
Alfre Woodard did an incredible job with it. Like she really stretched it as much as that script, in my opinion, and story could have been stretched. And as I understand it, her husband adapted the screenplay from a book. So maybe that's why he was chosen for this versus someone else. But um, it was lacking in that sense, but she acted super well. I would also add that my only big issue with the movie is that she left Columbus, Ohio to find herself and finally serve herself and do that how Stella got her groove back thing where you're this like specifically in these movies a black woman who is a matriarch for your family and you're finally going out and getting your own but she lands in Butte, Montana and she like cleans up Jess's life she fixes his restaurant like she does all of these things to serve the community and I was like is she serving herself or has she just found a different place that needs her? And so she can fulfill herself Mm. by filling others still. Lex, what'd you think? You know, I kind of see what the party line to be enjoying here in this group (laughs) of fork. (laughs) I fully agree with me too, the getting into my thoughts on it. I love this kind of movie. (laughs) And when Netflix first put this up on the homepage, when it came out, whenever I clicked it immediately. I didn't scroll through anything else. <laughs> this is right up my alley. Um, <laughs> I liked 45% of this movie. <laughs> I really did. The other 55 we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> the absolute best thing about the movie, to me, um, I really like movies that immerse me in a place and in a culture. You know? So, like... After watching this, I was like, you know, kind of looking up the Zillow in Montana because yes. <laughs> it looked beautiful, yes. you know. Um, and it is a like what a dream to just like, well, not not a multiple day long bus ride. That's not a dream <laughs> <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> Replace that with like a, a business class Delta flight. Um, <laughs> There's no turkey legs on a flight. True. Sure <laughs> when you smoke them. They stay fresh. <laughs> but what a dream to just leave everything behind and go cook in a French diner <laughs> in Montana. How awesome is that? That you sounds know? awful. Why would I want to go somewhere and be a laborer? <laughs> I'm trying to find myself. <laughs> it's very under the Tuscan sun. Very chocolat. Yeah. <laughs> These are whimsical stories. Sydney, you're more curt with guests. Like, you're so curt. That sounds pleasant to me. <laughs> well, okay. Well, shit. Let's get into it. <laughs> the the thing that made me almost like do what you did the first time you watched this and not finish it is the first 15 minutes of this movie. Um <laughs> I would like to discuss what they made Alfre Woodard look in the camera and say. <laughs> so we start out with Juanita. She's you. We're seeing her go to work. We're seeing her life, her kids, just everybody's demanding too much from her. And she's telling us about having a whole daughter and a like criminal son. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think of that? Did y'all almost be like, like, what is this shit? <laughs> what got me was when she says, and I quote, I'm a fucking ghetto cliche. And I said, and she looked dead in the camera and she was serious as hell. 
So I said, oh, I don't know where this is going. What What is Miss Juanita <laughs> going to do? I had no idea we'd end mm-hmm. up in Montana. That was not on my agenda for the film. But uh, yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> when she calls herself a ghetto cliche, was that in the book or did her white husband write that? We need to investigate. Because that's problematic. <laughs> I did not know what her husband looked like until two seconds before this call when I Googled Alfred Woodard husband and mm-hmm. I was floored. It could be problematic, but I actually loved that line. I loved how <laughs> aware Juanita was of her life and what she was having to deal with. I'd be mad at my daughter, too. That was her night off. What? <laughs> okay, wait, wait. you like the relatability of the character and you like that line? Because I really feel as though you could like one and not the other. I don't know if I necessarily like the relatability, but I like how brutally honest she was when we get right into her head. Okay. You know, I can't really, I can't argue with that because I feel like a, much of the movie is kind of like a stream of conscience from Juanita. Like, yeah. we see her fantasies about Blair Underwood, so <laughs> we're clearly inside her head for a lot of it. <laughs> I feel like so much of the movie was filmed with her looking into the camera, kind of how, like, Black China goes. Cut the cameras. Dead ass. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, what I'm gonna go ahead and do is, is draw the line. <laughs> I... I the line is in the sand. We're going to go ahead and get on the other side of it. No, you're not going to come here. Alfre Woodard, she went black China had to fight her mom, Tokyo Tony. It's not going to work. Feel that? Yeah, feel- no. That's, that's in my notes. Not. This is cut the camera dead ass. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much. Because if you don't draw the line, it will be way, like, way across the street. Thank you. <laughs> It's fine. I'm gonna hold off. It's uh, it's fine. <laughs> she not. I I in talking about like the direct to audience speaking. I thought that was. I generally think direct narration is lazy, but it was. It, I have never seen a less necessary. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we could have been introduced and like submerged into her, into her life so much better and honestly quicker. Like the movie takes a while to get to her actual, like, quest, you know? Yeah. How did y'all feel about Blair Underwood (laughs) as her... I mean, first thing, Blair Underwood is a fantasy character. I listened to your review of Fatal Affair. I agree that he could have been a very good villain in that one. Did did y'all say Blair Underwood, or did I say that in my head? I don't know. (laughs) In any case, I can't remember if he was proposed or not, but I remember thinking Blair Underwood for this. So how how did y'all feel about Blair Underwood as it feels like a plot device? At first she escapes to him, but then maybe her reality turns out to be a little bit better than the escape. So he becomes annoying in her fantasy. I kind of saw it as like, well, not, it's not necessary also, but maybe this is just some residue from the book because mm-hmm. I saw it as like, this is her, yes, it's her escapism. But, like, the final kick she needed to actually do something different and change something Mm. was her escapism no longer cutting it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you play The Sims as an an escape and your Sims start going bankrupt, (laughs) at that point, (laughs) you don't really want the escape mechanism anymore. You got to make something shake in reality, you know? That makes sense. No, that makes total sense. 
Yeah, and I'll make any excuse to look at Blair Underwood in a movie. So I'm just I'm not that reliable. <laughs> Me too. I've truly had a crush on him since childhood. What a perfect yeah. man who has done a disservice on Sex and the City. Mm. He was on that. I, I didn't. He was I Miranda's didn't. boo. Yep. That tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. That's a deep cut. <laughs> you know, getting to one of my favorite sequences in the movie, which is like when she, you know, is fed up with it and she goes to the bus station, she packs everything up, like shares her last like cigarette with her uh, friend who's the hairdresser. Yep. And she buys a ticket to butt Montana <laughs> instead of Butte. Uh, and like, I just I think Alfred Wood did a really good job in that scene. I that was as close as I felt to Juanita, probably throughout the whole movie. Her journey to Montana. What y'all think of it? I can agree with that. I the only notes that I really have about her journey is one the turkey leg that she pulled out of her purse. I don't know how she smuggled <laughs> that on a Greyhound bus. Uh, that random musical bus scene uh, where yes. Juanita, <laughs> my sweet Chiquita. Did you not love that? <laughs> that was perfect. It was great. I've been singing it ever since. <laughs> that was great. Uh, and then when she finally meets Peaches uh, in whatever <laughs> that random diner, <laughs> and they just hitch a ride out further west. So, mm-hmm. I love a random dyke in a movie. I really can't. I can't protest that. <laughs> <laughs> what other scenes did you guys like feel connected to? Like as she gets into Montana, like whoa, what jumped out with you? Wanting a proper breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, and everyone in the scene reacted the same way. She said what we were all thinking. I just want some Mm -hmm. fried eggs and regular toast. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. And that just speaks to Alfred Woodard, too, because he goes, we have some croissants. That's nice. nice. That sounds great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But what I really want (laughs) is plain whole wheat toast. No substitutes, just cook the ingredients differently. Right. (laughs) You know, a few of us on the call are actually from Atlanta. Did you guys have like similar experiences, you know, when you get used to Waffle House uh, for the not bougie Georgia callers? Um, (laughs) Okay, girl. (laughs) That that was a sub at City. When you get used to Waffle House, sometimes I go to brunch up here and I'm like, you know what? Just let me give me. I know you have a regular egg plate. Just give me that. And sometimes they actually don't have that. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes restaurants don't have just like scrambled eggs and toast. So I identified very strongly with that. I called BJ after I watched it so we could like share thoughts. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I just really want breakfast for dinner. And he was like, is that your main (laughs) takeaway? But it really was. It just really made me want breakfast food for dinner. And I was upset that I couldn't have it. I didn't have any eggs. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> fully agreed that if I go to a restaurant and it's just like reduction of this or glaze of this or whatever, it just sometimes gets annoying when for brunch you just want like eggs, potatoes, and toast. And I think she asked for bacon. Yeah, crispy bacon. Yeah. All things that they had <laughs> back in the kitchen, which I didn't get. I mean, I, clearly it's a part of the novel or the book or whatever, but – I mean, my biggest question is, why the hell you got a French eatery in the middle of Montana? <laughs> Who wa- Read the room. Who wants that in Montana? Um, you know, I've never been to Montana. So if we have any listeners from Montana, I'm sorry to y'all in advance. However, y'all don't eat that. Y'all don't want no damn eggs, Benedict. I don't want that. 
He's trying to elevate their palates, you know, experience new culinary worlds. BJ ordered Benedict at brunch. He does. <laughs> BJ is a. I was waiting for this to come out. I'm glad y'all reached it. That's why BJ was quiet earlier. He's a very bougie brunch date. When I you go to brunch with BJ, like French toast. That's not bougie. BJ, um, you always are like, oh, let's try this and this. But I agree with it too because sometimes if we go to brunch, I want to pay for something I, I can't make at home. Because why else would I be in DC paying forty five dollars for breakfast? True. True. (laughs) I would be the one person in Butte, Montana, who would try the new items on the menu. Maybe I wouldn't like them, but I would at least give it a chance. Yeah, I just, I never (laughs) wake up wanting to croak, monsieur. (laughs) It's never happened. (laughs) But, you know. Where do you think all those customers came from? Hmm. That's a good point. Like after they changed the menu? Yeah, like how did the word even get out? Like, ooh, they have scrambled eggs now. Like, yeah, a black where woman did all in the those... kitchen tell everyone? Exactly. <laughs> you never been to a small town? Like, you, this is how it works. So it's like a word of mouth spread like that. Yeah, I so I split my like time in childhood between like Metro Atlanta and Alabama, mm. and if one church in Alabama, like off a dirt road somewhere way way yonder, I have to say yonder in this sentence, <laughs> if one church starts serving a special type of roll, <laughs> like during the after church brunch, everybody gonna know and everybody's gonna be there. Is this not a lot of options? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so maybe that explains why all of these people in Montana trust this black woman to make them breakfast. Because I also think like there's some demographic questions I have about like how much they would embrace her. Exactly. Yeah, that's true too. But I think that was also the purpose of Peaches, the friendly dyke, Mm, uh, was to take her to a place that she knew was friendly to others, you know? That's a good point. Good they point, did have yeah. that bonding session. Let's get into why uh, Miss Juanita felt the need to spread out her kids' business across <laughs> Montana. <laughs> I mean, because she's she's leaving Columbus to escape her family, but all she can do is talk about her trifling son that's in the street, her whole <laughs> daughter, and her other son. He's trying his damnedest, but he is still in jail. That's that's all she got to offer, Sydney. This is why I love hosting this show. I didn't even think about that. You're right. (laughs) People would be like, hey, Juanita. And she would be like, you ever have a hoe for a daughter? (laughs) Sydney, I'm right there with you. When her son showed up to Montana and Peaches was there, I genuinely thought that it was going to be a point of conflict that, that she shared all his business. Like, I thought... There, this was maybe this is the climax of the movie. Like he's gonna burst into the kitchen and be like, "Why are you telling all these people like where I'm from and what I've been through?" I was holding my breath, waiting for that moment, and he was just like, "Aprons over here, thanks, man." And he just like <laughs> starts cooking, like totally fine, ready to set his life How do in you Montana for for those of us who <laughs> yeah vinegar over here. For those of us who watch Love After Lockup, we know that it's quite difficult to just move to another state when you're fresh out of prison and on parole. Or I guess those of us who are familiar with the penal system. Yeah, you really just cracked a new layer here because I, too, uh, Alexis does not join me in my Love After Lockup fan. I tried. My mind It's the best show. Yeah, because on Love After Lockup, I don't know if you're caught up with this season, Sydney, 
<laughs> but Maurice goes behind. I just saw the white girl whose family disowned her. So okay, perfect. That's the so that she is married to Maurice, who just got out of prison, mm-hmm. and he wants to move to Las Vegas, where she and her wealthy family are, and where their home is. And the parole officer won't let him leave Compton. And so he Mm. has to stay where he was arrested and jailed for the time being until they can get a transfer for a couple months. So the notion that um, that Juanita's son could just hop out of prison and catch a bus to Montana immediately made me think, you know, my degree from Love After Lockup University told me (laughs) that's not possible. It's not possible. (laughs) No one's life is this easy. Juanita needs to get back to Columbus if she want to see her son. That's what I know. Yeah. Didn't just pay something, pay some money, pull some favors, do something. Yes. If you got the connections, you can make a lot of things happen. Mm, we love a mysterious man handling business. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What you guys just witnessed. I have brief bouts of heterosexuality. Um, there's no cure. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> I did think the reunion was sweet, but a tad bit illogical as well. <laughs> I um, I want to talk about like probably the main. Actually, no, I think the the story is to make the romance not the main thing, but it did take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was Juanita unnecessary. and Jess. <laughs> Ooh, Sydney, that's exactly what I was about to ask you. So I. I'm of the opinion that most romantic subplots completely unnecessary in non-romance movies, mm-hmm. but Sydney loves them, so I'm I'm interested to hear why you think it was unnecessary. So I like romantic subplots when they're serving the main character in some way. Like, sure, in this, Juanita got a little bit of companionship that she had been looking for, but she's still doing what she was doing in Columbus, taking care of this man, helping him out with his alcoholism, revamping his entire restaurant and making it profitable and keeping his family together. But what is it doing for her? She's just mm. taking those same traits and bringing them to Butte. So I just, and I just thought it was weird. I, I don't know why she would want to hook up with Jess. I mean, I get it. And <laughs> too many available men out in Butte. And, you know, he wasn't bad looking, but still. Um, so I just thought it was unnecessary. I know what she Please. I know what you're missing. You tell. Ain't nobody never poached no egg for you. <laughs> you may have had them fried. You may have had them scrambled. But once a man whirlpool that water. Yeah. Put a little vinegar and baking salt in there. Whirlpool that water. That's on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's a move. You'll find yourself doing all kind of things in Montana. <laughs> well, you're right, girl, because ain't nobody poached no egg for me yet. So I am inexperienced in that department. Now, <laughs> what if, what if this was all a long con and Juanita wanted mm. the restaurant from the start? Mm. She, I love this. Yeah, she put in the hard work knowing how it was going to end. And now her son has a job and she's got her name on that sign. So your rewrite <laughs> is a heist. <laughs> exactly. We just needed one additional line at the end, like, and I got away with it. <laughs> this is y'all are laughing, but this is how BJ views everything we watch. Like anytime we review a show, we'll when we talk about it after, BJ's like, Do you think she meant to rob him? Like, do you think <laughs> 
do you think she was supposed to just come away from that a little bit richer? I think I think the plot is missing something, and it's like BJ. Not everybody is scheming all the time, but this just is really what BJ's mind is. Yeah, read, read between, between the lines. <laughs> That's really what he tells me. I while I don't agree that it would fit best, I do agree that this is one like molecule away from being <laughs> like it, it is just missing that one piece. You're right. <laughs> That's true. Juanita should have followed the City Girls ministry and really got what yes. she needed at the end of this movie. You're right. I do want to talk about because I said one of the things that makes me like like this movie enough because I watched it twice. The whole thing <laughs> is being is like being like submerged in the Blackfoot culture in Montana. It's something mm. I've never seen in a movie. You know, um, especially just so intimate. Like I, you know taking us to the the powwow mm-hmm. i i i really hope like non native american people can say that i i just I, now it seems like a little too familiar like i'm getting too comfortable <laughs> but the the event <laughs> um and just like seeing the dancing and the costumes and like the you know just the culture of it all and just folks being completely normal and this is the same way we would have a cookout you know right. <laughs> you know I really appreciated that. Did you did that stick with any of you guys, or was it just like okay, this is just it? I'll say it didn't stick with me uh, as much as it did with you, but I I did bring notice to it in my notes, but I didn't like it wasn't like a main point for me in the movie. To hmm. to be honest, so okay, I thought it was cool that they actually had Native American American Indian people in this mm-hmm. movie because often in movies and television shows, we'll see people just painted a little bit browner and and instead of having actual representation from folks who represent these communities. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an inherent value in that. However, my main thing was just deep confusion because she also Mm -hmm. in this scene is overwhelmed by the powwow and starts to, is it pass out, lose consciousness? She gets really dizzy. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was, but she like literally needed to be supported couldn't mm-hmm. stay outside and had to go into the teepee. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's really where my mind went. I was just confused. I I feel like didn't get the, that. That is a fault in the writing. So one tiny throwaway line in the beginning of the movie, her friend asked her, girl, you going to go way out there? You don't know nobody. What if you have one of your little panic attacks? Oh. And that's what it ties in. Look at you so she details. she got anxiety. Yeah, you know me. Because <laughs> every time she walked out the restaurant, she had anxiety. She needed to be driven for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, yeah, they could have tied that in a little bit more. But I, I think the 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 what caused that problem was we spend so much time in her head, like while she's making the decision to move in the beginning of the movie. Mm. But then by the time she gets to Montana, we we lose all like contact with her thoughts. We just see her actions. Like they take us out of her head, you know? So yeah, I mean, did, was there anything else in this movie that stuck out so much that you'd be remiss <laughs> if you didn't review it? <laughs> Uh, I think it captured perfectly how all Greyhound stations are truly awful uh, when she <laughs> got her ticket. I mean, because I was just like, God, I, I don't ever want to get back on a bus watching it. Um, so that's <laughs> in my notes that I have here. And also I wanted to bring up, before she even got to Butte, uh, when it's her and her friend, like her friend's hair salon, I'm missing 
black hair salons on like TV and in movies. And it kind of mm-hmm. made me think of my favorite uh, scenes or things that are like featured in prominent hair salons in whatever city. So like, of course, Beauty Shop with Queen Latifah, then kind mm-hmm. of a more mm-hmm. under the radar cut Norris Hair Salon with Jennifer Lewis and Tatiana mm-hmm. Ali. Y'all know that one came out a little while ago. Well, some years ago. Um, Deliver Us from Eva, like Eva. half the yep. movie. Shelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I miss that too, man. I, I guess uh, Steel Magnolias also happens. Ah, with... Yeah, you're right. Do I got that right? No, you're right. Yep. I was trying to bring in a classical uh, <laughs> one before you steered off the deep end and said like Jocelyn Hernandez's <laughs> confessionals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, City, here's what we've all been waiting for. We would like for you to tell us, in your humble opinion, mm-hmm. who came to act in this movie? Well, you know, uh, I've been trying to do this more like Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model, <laughs> but I don't really have that many nominees. So I'm just going to go right into who I think won, who came to act, who cool. came to act award this week. Uh, this award is given to someone who has a lasting impact on me after a film, who leaves it all on the screen, as we say. Uh, so this week's Who Came to Act Award, I think it's pretty obvious. I'd like to nominate Miss Alfre Woodard. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I fully accept that nomination. Uh, usually, you know, if, if it's some bullshit, I will push back a little bit <laughs> on, on Sid. She has nominated the likes of Eva Pigford. Uh, um, <laughs> come on. Herself. Put some respect on Eva Marcel's name, first of all. And okay. I deserve to came afterward for John Henry. So thank you. <laughs> but we don't got those problems with this movie because it really wasn't a lot of choice. I accept that nomination. BJ, me too. What y'all think? First, about it? Uh, Eva Marcel was really good in the Christmas movie Miss Me This Christmas. I thank just want to put that out there. She really was fantastic in it. It's, I would. I couldn't recommend that one more in addition to You Can't Fight Christmas, which is a corresponding movie with that one. Thank For you. For Who Came to <laughs> Act, I really love B-level black movies. It is my favorite genre of movie. Us as well. <laughs> <laughs> For Who Came to Act, I would I, – I think I agree that Alfre Woodard was the standout, but I would say a shout-out to her son. Was it Randy, played by Randy. Marcus Henderson, who – was like deciding whether or not he would stay in prison or figuring out what was going on there. And mm-hmm. I was really curious about his journey. And I thought that his story was done a disservice in the movie. And I think it's testament to his portrayal that I wanted to know what happened next with him. Mm, that's what we call a runner up. Yeah. We got a runner up this week. I agree with that too. <laughs> I also have to agree that Alfre Woodard would have to be the top choice but i have to give a special shout out to elaine miles who played deputy sheriff mountain mm-hmm. this is a very deep cut Can somebody please make it make it make it make sense if you ever watched northern exposure which was this show that came on in the early 90s which my 11th grade english teacher made us watch when she didn't feel like teaching <laughs> Oh, frequently. You will. I watched a lot of seasons. You will recognize Elaine Miles. She is Native American and she plays the same deadpan 
character that people bounce off of where she just doesn't react and that's like her style and it was a delight to see her pop up in this movie all right then look we done handed out all the awards and we have talked extensively about love after lockup (laughs) (laughs) as well as Juanita so you know we'll wrap up here BJ me too would you would you please uh like Tell our listeners where they can find you, because I'm positive they enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> sure. You can always find all of our reviews on our website at thepilotpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And we're also on Twitter and on Instagram at the Pilot Pod. And I don't think we shared what it is, but <laughs> the, if the Pilot Podcast, we review the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer your question, should I watch this? And we created it in the hopes that we'll save our listeners time and review shows for them just to determine whether they should binge it or skip it. Hell yeah. <laughs> you guys have certainly done that for me. I've, I've binged like all you guys' past episodes from the past couple Aww, months. And <laughs> I definitely, there are some shows that I want to check out and some that I might be skipping. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, If you're seeing five stars right now, just click all of them for us. Feel free to join in on the conversation. You can find us on Twitter at TNCCPod. And check us out on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. And that's spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. I I recently finished uh, Love, Victor this weekend after y'all's episode on it. And I loved it personally. It was right up my alley for uh, young adult entertainment. So... It was a perfect young adult show. I think there are like larger issues with it that people are rightfully bringing up. But just the plot itself was just a fun young adult show. Agreed.